Hounds and Horror Hounds. This is Brett from Dimension Z, joined as I always am by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Welcome to Fright Night, for real. A much darker version. So this is the first time I watched for you, and I purposely, me and you like, sat on here and chatted for like 10 minutes before I actually got the recording going. I purposely yeah. didn't bring up the episode at all, because I know we both love Fright Night, the original. Like, it's a Hall of Famer movie for us. It's in there. We loved it. I actually really like this remake, too. I was curious what you thought about it. Like you said, the original is like... And that was the original was a brand new movie, kind of, for me, where, like, I had just seen it, like, a couple times beforehand. And was like, yeah, I absolutely love it. This being a remake, remakes can go a couple different ways. You can get a great one, like the Friday the 13th remake, or you can get something like... I thought of, I don't know, maybe the Carrie remake? You have to listen to the episode to find out what I thought. Um, but I thought Fright Night was okay. Oh, really? I thought you'd like this one a lot. It was right there in the middle. It was so dark. Um, I found, I think a lot of why I like the, of the first one is they play with a lot of the Hammer Horror stuff. There's the Horror Host it's all that stuff that I absolutely love, and it's just a love letter to that, basically. And this is yeah. the modernized version of that. So it's the CGI vampires, which you um, you have to ex- expect, but I still don't love. Um, yeah, it's it so a ding for me for the CGI of it. it. There's not really any, like, there's barely any of, like, the playfulness of the original and whatnot. This one is just, like, depressing it's like if like my chemical romance people will love this movie dude i mean i really enjoy this one i don't know what you're talking about like it doesn't touch the original for me by any stretch like the original was a perfect movie i think this is really good though and i think maybe it's just because we just went through carrie and a nightmare on elm street brett but as far as this whole remake month goes i think this is the first one where i really still feel like they love that original when they made it though like, it didn't feel like cheap pops putting things in there. It felt like things they really wanted to get. I can't tangibly say what I mean with this, but it felt more of a respect for the original. Well, it makes sense, because Tom Holland also wrote this one, which is extremely rare, where the original person also does the remake. Oh, that's cool. That makes a lot of sense, then. Okay, see, that checks out. Yeah, but I was looking at it at like during certain, uh, certain parts, and I'm like, really? Like, it's the same guy? Like, I didn't hate the movie, but... Alright, well, let's get it. We'll we'll get into our changes and everything at the end. There are some big changes. I know one that definitely irks you, but I think it makes sense for the 2011-ness of it Uh, all. No. Finn Gooley had, like, just gone not that long beforehand to MeTV. Nationwide. The horror host (laughs) was coming back. We're, are we, let's take a step back, Brett. MeTV is like a step above YouTube. I love Sven no. Cooley. Let's not act like MeTV is like, oh, he's back in the cultural zeitgeist again. Sven Cooley's big comeback. Yeah, you've seen the size of some of those Facebook groups he has. Thousands. Oh, <laughs> a lot better than a Chris Angel knockoff thing, which I am, sadly, uh guilty of watching him when i was little when i was like oh dude at this time chris angel and that kind of stuff was all the rage man i can't blame you for this now by this time i was out of it thank god this is like middle school freshman year brett but i was like oh he's so cool 
Now it's like, oh, look, bam! <laughs> yeah, he floated above a building. So, like, if you don't know what we're talking about, what I meant is Brett, obviously, being the huge horror host fan that he is, uh, Peter Vincent is not a horror host in this movie. He's a no. stage magician based, like, does a vampire-themed stage show. Yeah, and so much of what I love of the original, it's like the horror host is the hero. I don't care about Miss Magician Man, who's an asshole until, like, the very end. And it's David Tennant, which he's fine, but he's not my favorite doctor. Like, he's lower on the list. I know a lot of people love Ten, but Eleven's my guy. I uh, See, I don't watch Doctor Who, so like, I like David Tennant a lot. Like, I like most of what he's been in, but I can't speak to the Doctor Who of it all. David Tennant's one of those people where it's like, if he's in a movie, you can't just see Pat. He never becomes the character. It's just like, oh, that's David Tennant. Oh, I gotcha. Okay, yeah. It's but, all, uh, Vince Vaughn. Yeah, exactly. That whole Psycho remake. Yeah. But we did the original Fright Night back in October on episode 120, if anyone wants our thoughts on that. So this was 2011, right? Is it 2011? Yes. Directed by Craig Gillespie, I think, is how I pronounce it. Um, I know you said so on this already, but I want to say what a difference a year in remakes can make from 2010's Nightmare to this. Oh, yeah. Well, and also, this one was actually, like thought about and it wasn't just a bunch of executives like yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, this came out I was graduating high school I was in my first year of failing college nice but we start in a house the TV's on you, you see an ad for the Peter Vincent Vegas show and then the news about some man trying to bite a woman and everything and there's this teen boy hiding under a bed, and you see that the rest of his family has been killed, and as he, like, grabs the dad's gun and he's trying to take the lock off of it and everything, this you see the dad just slowly pulled away while he's fiddling with the gun, which is terrifying, honestly. It's a, like, scary visual for a Fright Night remake, and, of course, the vampire gets the boy, too. Well, I actually, I credit this guy. Because uh, how many people in these movies we see, they run in, they see the dead body, they're like, eek! And they run, like, directly towards the killer, basically. He, like, steps over his father, his, his father's dead body, he's, like, covered in blood, and then fishes around in his pocket to get the key to, like, unlock the gun lock thing. It's like, good on you for not just being like, oh, no! It's like, no, it's like, I'm about to die, I'm gonna step over your dad, sorry. Yeah, as, as I imagine your dad would want you to do. Yeah. We get our title card. Then this... I think the location's really smart. It takes place in a Vegas suburb. And this is really smart because Jerry later, how they say, oh, I work night construction. Vegas is a perfect setting for a vampire movie, especially Vegas suburbs, because so many people work nights around the city. So it makes perfect sense to have your windows blacked out and you only be out at night and everything. And they even mention where it's like a lot of people come and go. It's not like not a lot of people stake down roots. They're, they're here for a few years and then they move on. Yeah, what is it? A transient population and everything. Yeah, it is funny where it's like middle of the desert and then there's just like a square where there's all these houses. Dude, that's what it's like. We have it lucky. That's what all those cities out there are like. Yeah, that's I've never been out that way. So, yeah, that's got to suck. <laughs> But we're introduced to Charlie, played by Anton Yelnich this time. Yeah. Um, 
Dude, I always like when he shows up in a movie. I I mean, R.I.P., very sad what happened to him and everything. But man, every time he shows up, he's a, a standout. Yeah, he was an amazing actor. And it's such a f- weird fucking freak accident where he like, got pinned by his own car and died. That's insane. Like, I remember yeah. hearing about it, and I was like, what happened? Yeah, exactly. Some recall thing that happened later. Um, yeah. The girl who plays Amy, Imogen Poots, she was also in Green Room with him. She was the girl who survived with him at the end of that movie. Yeah, I saw, like, I went down through the actors and whatnot and saw that. I was like, oh, that's cool. She was also in Vivarium, I guess, and uh, that was an okay movie. I never saw that one. It's a, it's worth checking out once. Charlie's pushing his shitty motorcycle home that must have given out on him. He has this hot neighbor girl, um, and he <laughs> sees her. And I love, like, she turns around. What's her... Like, those pants that used to say, like, juicy and stuff. It doesn't say that, but something like that. Yeah, it said, like, lucky or something. But his mom, like, yells at him, like, don't stare at the neighbors. He's like, I was just reading what's on her pants. And whose mom? Dude. Hell yeah, Tony Collette, dude! Horror oh. mom! Every time I see her show up, like, I saw her, like, enter the frame and, like, she's on the screen. I was like, I love Tony Collette! Great casting in this movie. And Amy shows up and gives him a ride to school. And so basically, Charlie is in with the cool crowd at school now. And he seems to be new at it, though. You know what I mean? Like, he's a recent transplant from the geeks to the cool people. Oh, and do you know what, uh, who one of his new friends is? Uh, Dave Franco? Oh, hi, Mark. It's the guy that played Greg Sestero in The Disaster Artist. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, there's there's no Greg Sestero in this movie. I got you. No, but it's the guy that played Greg Sestero. As soon as I saw him, I can't see him as anything else now. Okay, you threw me off for a loop. I'm like, there's no way I missed Greg Sestero or Tommy Wiseau in this movie. I was like, I get to do an organic the room reference in this movie and Greg can't yell at me because it makes sense? Yay! No, you you get that one. But yeah, he's new at being a cool kid and no time for Ed anymore. Ed is played by... Huh. I, I remember his name. Something Mintz or something? McLovin, though. That's what everyone yeah. knows him as. Put Christopher Mintz Plass or something. But yeah, it's McLovin. Like, that's all he's ever going to be known for. Yeah, dude, this poor guy will go his whole life just being called McLovin. I'm trying to think of the last thing he I saw him in. Was he in This Is The End? He was in This Is The End at the beginning of it. He was in that Role Models movie. Yeah. But yeah, everyone knows McLovin. But he hasn't been in anything that I've seen in a minute. Well, also, he was always like the nerdy high school kid. And he has to be, what, in his 40s now or something? So I don't know yeah, if you could probably. still do that. It's not the 50s anymore where like Steve McQueen's a high schooler. <laughs> no. But... Ed asks to talk to Charlie, and their friend Adam is missing, and he agrees to go check with them at Adam's house after school after being blackmailed with showing one of their nerdy, like, LARPing videos in the background to all the cool kids. Yeah. Um, this is a part that I don't like, because there is so much of, like, Charlie and Ed in the original movie would give each other shit, but... Every friend does that. This one, Charlie's like actively avoiding him because he just doesn't want to hang out with him anymore because he's like, oh, I'm going to be a cool guy now. Do we, even his mom's like, if you don't want to hang out with him anymore, like just tell him, but he keeps calling and asking for you. Like, I hate that Charlie's just like given up on Ed. I mean, at least they give Charlie an arc in this one. Do you remember the first one we were talking about? Like, Charlie's just kind of 
when he's an asshole to Amy at the beginning, but then he's just kind of there. It's really the Peter Vincent movie, even though Charlie yeah. is like billed as the star because he doesn't do shit. Like at least they give him like something to like learn and grow with. I guess in this one, you know what I mean. He didn't have any of that in the original. Which is the better movie? The movie that is basically led by the horror host or the random teenager? Oh, don't get me wrong. This does not touch the original Frightening, which is an, a 10 out of 10, we've already said. Yes. But it's just, yeah, that's another thing of, you're right. I just loved all the Peter Vincent stuff in the original. And Charlie was just kind of there to tag along. This one, Charlie's like actually the main guy. Yeah. That evening, he kind of blows off Ed, and he goes home, and the mom is meeting the new neighbor, Jerry. I paid very much attention. I'm like, as dusk enough. I guess he can be out. Yeah, and they, I that comes up later, which I, there's a major great point with the sun that I know we'll get to later. I can't wait. But it's funny because Charlie and Amy are sitting there, and Amy's like, your mom's flirting because she's doing, like, the – um tapping of like her foot on the ground like oh you're so interesting because there's big hunky Colin Farrell out there with a shirt off like digging <laughs> yeah they're talking and everything's going seems to be going well but then Charlie gets the text from Ed and he's like oh, I gotta go and runs to go meet him at Adam's house and okay. there's Ed's like about to upload like their LARPing video to YouTube he's like you have 10 minutes he's like blackmailing them with their old friendship it's like a hostage negotiation. It's like if one day you're like, if you don't hang out with me, I'm going to release these episodes. And I'm like, oh, no. We already do. Well, I'll release all the bad ones. Yeah. Oh, all the stuff that's on the cutting room floor I just put up. Yeah. All the uhs and, oh, fuck, what was that? And <laughs> Exactly. Um, but so it might assume Adam was the scene from the beginning. Is that what you got? Yes, yes. Okay, yeah, because the whole family's gone. The house is abandoned. It's not like he's just missing. At first, I was like, okay, this is kind of random. And then after I watched the whole movie, I watched the opening scene again. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. Now it makes a lot more sense, that opening scene. They're sneaking around. And they jump right to vampire already, because Ed's telling Charlie that Jerry's a vampire. Yeah, well, Ed, we find out later, has been su surveilling him with Adam and has proof and he even mentions, like, because Charlie's like, come on, Ed, like, this is stupid. And he's like, I thought you would just believe me. I have proof at home, but, like, you're my buddy. Still, if you came up to me, Brett, and you're like, your neighbor's a vampire, even, I still wouldn't <laughs> believe you, as no normal person would. I, it would be, Greg, your neighbor's a vampire, and I'm going to come over and stare at his house and, like, see if he'll sign something. You're like, oh my god, I'm such a big fan. I love Nosferatu and Bela Lugosi. How many times have you seen Dracula? It's like, I annoy him so much, he's just like, I don't even want to, like, bite this kid. Like, you know how they keep talking about in this movie of, like, oh, I can smell your fear, or I can smell your desperation. It's just like, you're just, like, odd. <laughs> yeah, excitement has to smell bad if fear smells good. You're like, oh my god! It's like, uh, it's the smell of sweat from uh, conventions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but do am I crazy or do you see a figure outside watching them here? Oh yeah, real quick. I, he like passes by. He's like okay. surveilling them. We're like and that's kind of the whole that's played with the uh, first one too of he already kind of knows what's going on and he thinks he's like one step ahead of everyone and he's kind of cocky. Well, 
they're arguing and everything. I love the line. I'm seriously so angry that you think I'd read Twilight. Oh, yeah, that's funny. Because that was right around this time when all those movies were coming out. Oh, yeah. But he gives him advice on what to do with a vampire that he says he got from Peter Vincent's website. They get in a fight. Charlie shoves him down and kind of said, what the fuck happened to you, man? And they leave. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like... It's, the first one, they're buddies. They're, like, teaming around. The only reason Ed got turned is because he was, like... He was teasing Charlie and was like, oh, no, he got me, Brewster. Do, do we get it? You're so cool, Brewster, in this one. Yeah, I think we do. But it's like, oh, you're so cool now, Brewster. Oh, man, I wanted a you're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> I wanted one of those again. Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. <laughs> no, it's all edgy and dark. Ah. Uh. Something in the way. <laughs> on the way home, um, David Franco's character hits Ed and starts picking on him, and Ed drops the vampire bag and, go on, hit me, ducks the punch and runs. But he goes into this yard, and Jerry's there going after him. Ed breaks into this house, but it's abandoned, which I guess, this is adding to the lore, which I never thought of. I guess abandoned houses, you don't need an invite to walk into if you're a vampire. Yeah, because Ed breaks through the glass door and is like, aha, I'm not inviting you in, vampire. And then Jerry takes the step in and it's like, oh, and it's, Jerry's like, I thought you would read up on your lore a little bit better. So, yeah, this is a brand new thing. Yep. Uh, which I actually like some of the playing with the uh, invited things they do, especially the scene later with Charlie getting the beer and everything. I like that. Did... Am I remembering right? Did Because uh, at one point they're going through like a list of things that will hurt or kill vampires. Do they mention running water or did I imagine that just because of Dracula <laughs> 80, 1972? You imagine that. Okay. Because I keep now like every vampire movie. I'm like, do they mention a shower? <laughs> no, that's just that dumb part of that movie. But McLovin runs upstairs. He goes out on the roof and... Jerry's already outside as he gets down and Ed trips and falls into the pool and Jerry just walks in after him and bites him. And I think this is an awesome payoff to a line we got just a little bit ago where he's like, he's the shark from Jaws because he bites him in the water and everything. Oh, I got that 100% where there's all the blood and whatnot, even how like the scene is kind of shot. It looks like one yeah. of the scenes from Jaws. Next day. Charlie goes to Ed's, talks to his parents for a minute, like, oh, I need to grab something from Ed's room, and he finds all the Jerry footage on the computer, and this is cool. Some movies play with this, some don't, because we know vampires don't cast reflections, which, what is a photograph or a video, but basically reflections and capturing the image and everything, I think, I don't know. But, like, yeah, he doesn't show up yeah. in the footage either. Right, and that's interesting. Um, Dad, played by Brian Husky, who's that guy that you've always recognized in movies. He's one of those character actors. It's like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah, I remember him a lot from the pilot episode of Preacher. Yes, yes. But, yep, so he sees, like, Jerry's truck coming home, the door opening and closing, but no one there. A wheelbarrow just being picked up and walking around <laughs> on its own and everything. That part was funny, when it's the phantom wheelbarrow, like, dumping itself. Back home, this is the scene we were just talking about a little bit ago, because Jerry comes over and, like, is standing in the doorway, asks Charlie for beer. Like, I got a girl coming over for some beers. The only problem is, I don't have any beer. Yes, ask your teenage neighbor for beer. This seems normal. Yeah, stores aren't a thing. <laughs> no. 
But he's not invited in, and you can tell he doesn't want to say, may I come in, but he's waiting for the, eh, yeah, come on in, man. But he never gives it to him. That courtesy thing. <laughs> yeah, because Charlie, like, I'm glad he knows already, too. Like, after seeing that, he's like, yeah, he's probably a vampire. He doesn't invite oh, yeah. him in, and he even kind of tests him a little bit, where he, like, goes to hand the beer out, and he reaches for it, but it's not quite past the threshold yet, so he can't get it. Yeah, and, they, like, uh, Jerry's kind of, like, doing eyes at him, like, you motherfucker. Like, goddammit, you know. I just got yeah. here. <laughs> There's some vague threats about his mom and Amy. He's like, it's on you to look out for them. Like, hey, don't try anything, and there won't be anything. This is also where he's like, your mom smells desperate. <laughs> yeah, there's a scent. <laughs> it's like, hey, that's my mom. <laughs> uh, Charlie goes upstairs and Amy's there. And this is like the classic payoff from the original of Charlie's being all distracted while she's putting the moves on him a little bit, staring out the window and everything. Well, yeah, but this is it's so weird we're like the original one i kind of you understand the relationship a little bit better this one it just kind of seems like oh they're stuck together like there's boy a and girl b duh, 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 or whatever you know it's i i love the original relationship this one because out of nowhere they just mention like oh yeah we don't have sex haha how about now and then there's like a bang and he's like oh, the neighbor I mean, I think that's exactly the original, though, how that goes. Well, no, because, like, I don't know. I bought it more in the original. I think you're being way too harsh on this one. Well, no, because this one, it's that, it's the 2011, like, it's just all the pretty people. And it's like, oh, look, all the pretty people being happy. Well, yeah, that's movies. They don't cast ugly motherfuckers like us in these things. Look at the original Fright Night. Yeah, Charlie's, Charlie's different looking. Ed's different looking. Amy's Evil Ed was Amy the epitome was... of handsome. Okay. <laughs> Peter Vincent, yes. <laughs> but he looks out the window and he sees his hot neighbor whose name is Doris over at Jerry's. That's the girl we was talking about. Amy gets mad and leaves and hears a scream. He calls 911. And then we cut to him waiting. The police arrive. And they're basically just laughing with him and everything. Like, shaking hands. Sorry for wasting your time, sir. Deal. We didn't get the great scene where Charlie and Amy storm down in front of Mom. And Amy's like, why won't you make love to me? And Mom's like, hi, guys. What's going on? I'm here. <laughs> That's true. Oh, that was very missing in this one. I would like to see that scene with Nicolette, too. I, um, I do like where later... Uh, they're talking about, like, well, why didn't you tell the cops this time? He's like, last time I told the cops, they almost went out to Chili's together. Yeah. But he sneaks in and breaks into the house, which is terrible. But I guess he thought the girl wasn't murdered, so he... I guess that's why. He's not just investigating. He thinks he has to save her. Well, it's like, all of a sudden, Jerry takes off in his truck. Charlie's like, oh, okay, he's gonna be gone forever. So, let me just go break into his house now. And then, of course, he's, like, immediately back. Yeah, where is he going? That's a good question. Where do you think he does go? We saw, like, the aerial, f like, footage from above the entire neighborhood. It's out in the middle of nowhere. Well, then, in Charlie's defense, he's probably driving into the city, so he's going to be gone a long time. Yeah, but still, it's like... I guess I get what you mean, where he's like, Oh, I gotta go save her. But he's finding all these weird, like, ancient tapestries with symbols on them. He takes a picture smartly. 
But like you said, Jerry comes right home. Maybe he went out for apples. I don't know. Maybe there's a corner store, like a fruit stand. I I am so glad that they still have that in here where he's a fruit bat. (laughs) Yeah, for those who don't know, in the original Fright Night, everyone's like, why is Jerry eating apples? Uh, Long story short, Chris Sarandon came up with the backstory that the vampire that turned Jerry was a fruit bat. Yeah. I mean, the the bat that turned him was a fruit bat. Yeah, Tom Holland said, like, hey, come up with some backstory for your character. So it feels like a person, not like a two-dimensional person, like a lot of the characters in this movie. Jerry comes home, Charlie hides in a closet, but finds a secret room. Dude, how long does he live here (laughs) that he already has secret rooms? Yeah, because wasn't, like, not that long ago, Tony Collette mom was like, oh yeah, finally that place sold. Yeah, I don't know, but who knows. He has secret rooms, like, he digs out the entire basement. Yeah, it's like this secret hallway with all these extra rooms on the side, and he finds the room with doors locked inside, but then Jerry comes in, so he hides behind another door, because I guess that's like a hallway, as Jerry bites her, and it's, like you said, this is kind of dark, because she's giving him, like, the shush symbol, like, as she's being bitten and everything, like, don't do anything dumb. Oh yeah, there's none of the tongue-in-cheek, like, oh, this is still kind of like the Hammer movies. No, it's just, like, dark of, like, she's dying, and she's like... Shh, save yourself. But you see, like, the, like, color draining out of her. <laughs> yeah. He throws her back into the room and leaves. Charlie picks the lock, sneaks her out. But this oh. is Jerry's awake time, so, like, they're sneaking out real slowly as Jerry goes, gets another beer, eats an apple, watching TV. <laughs> yeah, look, beer and apple, that's a hell of a combination. <laughs> and blood. Yeah. But I, it is kind of like a fun kind of, it, like, you kind of sit on the edge of your seat for half a second of like, oh, they keep going back and forth. And you're like, Jerry has to know that they're there. We already know oh, that vampires have heightened senses and whatnot. And like, he like smells different things on people. He knows you're there. Because he well, just sits in the corner and watches because Charlie thinks that he saved the day. He saved Doris. And this is the sun thing I was talking about. Uh, oh, they yeah. go running out into the sun, and she's just, like, ripped apart by the sun. It's not like she, like, ooh, it hurts, ooh, ooh, ooh. It's not like a near-dark type thing, let's say, where, like, they go out in the sun, and as long as you go in, go out and come back in pretty quickly, you're not going to explode. This one, she's immediately, like, done. Yeah, and it's wild and, like, crackling, exploding from the inside out. It's wild. And she, like, screams. It's like, and Charlie, then it, like, smash cuts to him sitting in his room, like, traumatized. He has, like, the thousand-yard stare going on. Well, important, though, we see Jerry just smiling inside. Like, he knew the whole time what was going on. Oh, yeah, like, I'm gonna fuck with Charlie's head. Um, While we're on Jerry, I want to talk about because I think Chris Sarandon in the original Fright Night as Jerry was just dripping with cool. He was the perfect villain in that movie. He, like, is mocking, but he's still, like, I'm in charge this whole time. Like, when he delivers the welcome to Fright Night line and everything, so cool. What do you think of Colin Farrell as Jerry? There's, he's not bad. I've definitely seen a lot worse vampires. Um, He's not, also, not great. He comes across more predator-ish than the other one. It's much darker. There's so many scenes where his vampire seems to not care that he's killing in, like, the middle of the neighborhood where anyone could see him. 
Yeah, I get that too. And I think they try to write around it by being like, they're going to just overtake the, your whole area and everything. It's like a kind that just wants to grow its population. So I get that they try to write around it. I still like the original Jerry style a little bit better, but I yeah. think Colin Farrell does fine. He's like right. I, None of my complaints are really levied against him or anything. But yeah, not Sarandon. Where's his man friend? Why does he not he have a man friend? Yeah, they kind of cut out the familiar in this one. Yeah. That's a big part of vampire stuff, because even though they, like, modernize it for this one, they still play with a lot of the classic stuff. Yeah. Well, that's all. I just wanted to try to get some comparisons there. But Yeah. Yeah, like you said, Charlie's just traumatized over at home. <laughs> and his mom's like, are you going to school? Charlie, I don't know how he does, but he does. Well, I guess it's like, well, what else am I going to do? Why Why don't you want to go to school? I, I saw Doris explode. <laughs> but he's at school uh, looking stuff up on the computer, and I love Amy comes to talk to him, because like, the last thing they did was fight, which Charlie probably doesn't even remember, given everything else that happened. And he's looking up, like, Peter Vincent, how to kill vampires, stuff like that. She's like, what are you looking at? He's like, uh, porn. And she's like, oh, Really? Okay, well, I'll leave it to you with you and your porn, then. He's like, yeah, yeah, you just need to stay away from me. I'm I'm a bad seed, Amy, a rebel. (laughs) But he goes uh, into the city to go see Peter Vincent at at his magic show. He's posing as a reporter where he just grabs someone's name badge in the casino on the way in there and everything acts like he's press. And you see Peter Vincent rehearsing his vampire magic show. Which, also, did you see, like, you're thinking Vegas, giant, like, stage show. Unless, I guess this could just be the rehearsal space. But if this is his, like, actual theater, it's not that big. No, it's not as big as we're led to believe with the ads, everyone, like, household name and everything like that. This isn't Cher at, like, Las Vegas. (laughs) No. I don't want to lie, but I want to go to a vampire magic show. Oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. It's, well, I will give you tickets magic. when I go to a vampire magic show then. I'd be like, boo, be a horror host. Boo. <laughs> Tell us about Hammer Horror Movies. What are your thoughts on House on Haunted Hill? <laughs> He's like, oh, Mr. Vincent, we had an interview today. He goes, I don't think so. Go talk to my guy. He's like, oh, no, I'm from whatever newspaper he claims he's from. He goes, I was here to talk to you about vampires. He goes, is this your first assignment? Like, yeah, he goes, and you're doing a story on me? Okay, come on upstairs. He lets him go up there. And, dude, it's like a big music <laughs> fan and everything. And I used to love those, like, VH1 behind the musics and everything like that. I think they nail, like, the 80s pompous rock star with Peter Vincent so well. Like, he's up there, like, as soon as he gets upstairs, he's taken off all his, like, his wig, his beard, sideburns, and everything. He just has, like, the douchiest setup in the world upstairs, which, if you're trying to be the Chris Angel thing, is 100% spot on. I think Tennant nailed it. Oh, yeah, it's, like, different stakes and tapestries and, like, a gun with silver bullets. And, like you said, I love how he takes his wig off and everything. But I wish he would have left it on because it would have helped me separate this. Like, oh, that's just David Tennant. He's drinking absinthe. He has, like you said, this weird, like, ancient vampiric collection of stuff and everything like that. And Charlie isn't doing a great job posing as a reporter. Um, he's like, uh, how do you kill a vampire? 
Yeah, he's like, oh, he's like, that's really what you want to talk about? He's like, I don't know, like a really garlicky, garlicky ar- omelet. <laughs> yeah, he gives them all these, like, different things. What does he say? Um, well, there's fire, beheading, a garlic ar- omelet, a steak through the heart. You know, Google it. All those things. Yeah, just like what you've seen in the movies is what I know. But later we find out he knows a lot more than what he's letting on. Yeah, definitely. You would think when, uh, if he thinks what he saw of like, okay, let's just like, because his backstory is cool in this one, I would say, where Peter Vincent's parents and this version were killed by the same coven of vampires as what Jerry is. And we find out Jerry is the vampire, which is interesting. But because he like Charlie at some point, like shows him the pictures and whatnot, we'll get to it. If you saw that and then dedicated your whole life to studying vampires, I know he has a throwaway line of like, I was a kid. I tried to like say it was a overactive imagination. Um, then why have you dedicated your whole life to vampires and collecting all this stuff? He probably tries to pass it off as this funny little hobby and everything obsession he has. But like, because if you go around saying, oh no, I'm preparing for a vampire attack, people are going to lock you into an asylum. But here's Charlie. I found a vampire. Here's proof. And he's immediately like, nope, get out, get out. I love how his like girlfriend or wife, or I'm not sure what she is, is like his security guard as well. And she just walks around in like lingerie and robes and like forces people out. (laughs) Ginger. (laughs) But this is the, where he reminds me the most of Charlie from the original and the original when he's talking to the police in Jerry's house, like he tries to play it cool at first and then just instantly breaks. Like he's doing the sleep of the undead because he's a vampire and all this stuff. Like he's talking to him, like trying to pose as a reporter and he just breaks right away. Like, I think one got my friend and he starts like going on. Look, I took this picture and I broke into his house and that's when he's kicked out. Well, it's also weird how in this one, Ed is the fan of Peter Vincent, not Charlie. Yes. Because before, Charlie was the one obsessed with it, and Ed kind of teased him about it. Yeah, for sure. Why are you changing little things like that? I don't know. Ask Tom Holland. I didn't do it. Why are you bastardizing your own products, Tom Holland? (laughs) Don't George Lucas this! But that night, Charlie's, like, new friends are randomly outside his house. I have no idea why. Yeah. Like, are they picking him up, or are they spying on him? Or are they just watching... Oh, um... Oh, oh, his, uh... Dave Franco and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're just spying on him to just be like, well, he's still a dork, so we're still gonna, like, fuck with him kind of thing. Okay. I think they're, like, trying to make him think that he's in with their group, but they're, like, kind of teasing him behind his back. Is Is this where he's putting all the crosses in the windows? Yeah. Yeah. And all the garlic is hanging around and whatnot. This is the, yeah, they're sitting out out front. And of course, they're also out in front of Jerry's house. Jerry just goes striding out and eats two people in the middle of the neighborhood where anyone could be walking their dog late at night. Yeah, exactly. He just gets both of them right there. This Jerry seems so much more like haphazard and whatnot. The other ones seem to have everything sewed together. This one is just like, fuck it, bloodbath! Well, I don't know, the other one killed those people right in that nightclub in front of everybody, remember? 
yeah, but they do that in this one too, and this guy's way more like, uh, who cares about it? True. Amy comes over. Did you notice the dress she was wearing? I'm not being weird. I promise. Is it the white one? Yes. Yes, of course. And it's the like a more toned down version of like the Bride of Dracula outfit that Jerry gives Amy after turning her in the original, which I appreciated. Yeah, it also, but it does kind of because if you know the original Fright Night, you know that they gave that Amy fake boobs when she's the vampire Amy. I think they yes. kind of did with this one as well. I'm not sure. <laughs> Either that or they, there was some taping and whatnot because it's part of the story. So I was just paying attention for, for that. They look bigger. <laughs> <laughs> look, Jerry goes and starts knocking on the door, and his mom, like, Whatever his mom is. Mrs. Brewster, I need to talk to you. It's about Charlie. He's been harassing me. I'd rather deal with you than the authorities. And Charlie's begging her not to open the door. And I'm so happy that we have a smart horror mom in a movie that doesn't just go, oh, okay, when your kid's this panicked and everything, you listen to your kid. And even if your kid's over active imagination or something, you can deal with that later. Like, I'm so glad that she has the wherewithal to listen to the kid in this situation. Yeah, like, I'm going to believe my son over random neighbor. Like, if he did break into your house, like you say, call the cops. We'll deal with it, kind of thing. Of Yeah, yeah. good on Tony Collette for finally being a mom and whore that listens. And he's like, fine. And he walks away, and Amy and his mom are like, what's going on? What's going on? And then you see him go <laughs> into his house, get a shovel. And this, he starts digging up the gas line in the yard, dude. He's shoveling, which is so funny because he's like story. I could just imagine muttering to himself, like, motherfucker, goddamn it. Like, I almost had the goddamn kid. I'll take care of you, goddamn assholes. I know what to do. I'll grab my shovel. And he's like, goes back in, and they're watching him. They're like, what's he doing? He starts digging in the yard and he starts throwing these huge boulders out of nowhere. Yeah, he's like, what you need an excavator for, he can just do because he's a vampire, I guess. But he grabs the gas line and rips it out of the whole house. Like, how did this idea come up? This is insane. This is awesome. This, this was really cool. I remember this being in the trailer where, like, you'd see the fire and, and you don't need an invitation if there's no house. I'm like, you know what? Well True. played. That's yeah. genius. Dude, and so he blows up the house and they, they have all those garages that's attached to the house. They get in the car and they start driving away and... Jerry picks up Charlie's shitty motorcycle, but doesn't start. So he just throws the motorcycle through the back of the windshield. He like it's like the um the wheels going. It's like right by Amy's head, and they push it out. Which all of a sudden you just see like someone pushes it out. It's just very weird how that scene is kind of shot. Also, wouldn't that be like yeah. really stuck in there? Or are you just gonna push it out like yawn? I don't know. I've never had this happen. I love how Tony Collette mom is just like, holy shit, what the fuck is going on? And she's like driving away in her minivan. Yeah, she has to be the most confused person in the world. Because I love when Charlie tries telling her she's he's a vampire. And she's like, enough of this. But she's still panicked. Like, what's going on? It's like, really? You're still questioning me? He threw a motorcycle at us. I love where she's like, what did you do to him? What's up with between you two? But he's in his truck now pursuing him. And eventually he gets around to the front of them. And... They 
he gets in front, gets out, and he's like, just hit him, Mom, hit him. She hits him with the car, and they keep driving, and he's under the van. It's starts reaching up, like, breaks through the bottom of the van, and I love Charlie, like, do you believe me? He's a vampire now, Mom? Because he has the creepy fingernails going, like, like when vampires start going into, like, predator mode and everything. Oh, he has, like, the Nosferatu fingers. He's like, look, yeah. monster fingers! <laughs> they stop the van, and they get smacked by another car, because... Their headlights are out and everything, and they stopped in the middle of the road. Do you know who this is? Oh, he looked kind of familiar. This is original Jerry. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, he gets out. I was like, what are you doing? You're stopped in the middle of the road. You have no lights. And, of course, new Jerry just bites him and kills him. I was glad he got to show up in the movie. It's cool that he got to show up in the movie. I wish he would have just, like, I know the movie couldn't do it, but he turns on new Jerry. He's like, I'm back. And it's like, oh, no. It's like, but wait a minute. How are you back? This is a reboot. <laughs> By the way, I do like that they played with the Jerry is a weird name for a vampire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, because Peter Vincent at one point's like, Jerry? That's a really shitty vampire name. <laughs> Charlie tries using the cross and it just burnt. He grabs it and it like catches on fire, but he's been around for a long time. He can handle it. Yeah, we hear at one point for like four over four hundred years. Yes, I love at one point I forget where in it when it is, but uh, I think it was earlier when Peter Vincent was talking to Charlie, and it's something like something like a Dracula. He's like, no, that's just one specific vampire. It reminded me of the Norm Macdonald joke, where it's like very like easy and whatnot. It's like a Mitch Hedberg joke, where it's just like very subtle, but. Instead of calling them vampires, Norm McDonald's calls them Draculas. So it's like, oh, you know, you know the thing about uh, Draculas, they, they suck your blood. <laughs> I never saw it. Oh, it's a great, you look up the Norm McDonald Dracula bit. It's so funny. I, definitely do. I love Norm McDonald. But he calls them like Draculas, like plural. <laughs> <laughs> That's just all of them. Yeah, every vampire's a Dracula. <laughs> but Jerry's about to kill Charlie and... Uh, Mrs. Brewster grabs the one of her like realty signs out of the back and stakes him with it. Yeah, it's fucking awesome, and it's cool because uh, Jerry like turns creature and he's like skulking away. He's like rawr, rawr, like making noises. Dude, I don't mind where he turns creature here. I know it's CGI, but it's, it's done okay. Like it's toned down. I I don't like the creature effect we get later, but that's no. we'll get there when we get there. It's too much. But they get in original Jerry's car, and they run him over and drive away. Which I love that it's like way later in the movie, and Charlie's still driving this car around. <laughs> um, we cut back to Peter Vincent, and he looks at the papers left behind by Charlie, and he recognizes the symbol on the tapestry and everything. Yeah, and he's like, oh, and they like, because he looks at like a drawing he did as like a kid, and it's exactly the same. Yeah. Mrs. Brewster's at the hospital, and Peter Vincent calls Charlie, and him and Amy are going to his place. And I love, like, the nurse looks confused because they have, like, 50 crosses around <laughs> Charlie's mom's room. And like, uh, she's very religious. Yeah, just a great little, like, what the fuck is going on? This is weird. And then the hospital has to be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but they go and they meet with him. They go up to his penthouse, and we get some background on the type, the breed of vampire that uses the symbol. It says they nest in the earth and they keep keep their victims alive for days and they're tribal by nature. They want a big group with them. Yeah. So it's um this one he's more of trying to like rebuild like a vampire community 
than just kind of being like a swinging guy around town. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm a sucker for like lore like this. I'm like, please tell me more. I need an entire Wikipedia entry. <laughs> yeah. Peter Vincent gets a call that he has a delivery. Ginger goes to get it, but it's he's like, do you normally get deliveries this late at night? And then they all the light bulb goes on all their heads, and it's Evil Ed. Well, he's been gone for so much of the movie, you forget that he was even in this movie. You're like, is that all they did with Ed, is just kill him off and he's gone? It's like, no, he finally makes a return here. Yeah, I, I thought the same thing was up. I'm like, oh yeah, he's in this. Yeah, it seemed really weird how like absent he was for most of it. It seemed like they killed him off too quickly, because they weren't actually friends in this version. Yeah. Uh, Peter runs to a safe room, and Ed loses an arm trying to get him. It closes on him. Uh, I love Peter took his absence with him. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, Jerry arrives and kills security guard, and there's this cool, like, thing where you see it normally, and then it pans to the security footage, and it just looks like the guard drops onto his back and starts bleeding from the neck. Yeah, it's like it's a cool effect. Like I like where they're playing with. It's not just a reflection; it's anything like that. Yeah, and we get the evil Ed and Charlie fight. Charlie's using some of Peter Vincent's ancient stuff, grabs an axe, and they're fighting. And he ends up axing Ed in the neck, but can't get the th- cut the whole way through. Yeah, I love because Ed's like, "Yeah, bone's really uh, hard to cut through, isn't it?" Amy, like, breaks into this other one and grabs a pistol with a bunch of silver bullets and loads it. Jerry shows up, and she lets, empties the gun into her into him, and he's like, that's werewolves. And then she just grabs holy water and dumps it on him, and he's screaming in a page, just, vampires, and runs. That's cool. Um, uh, two things about that. I, like, I love that, I guess that means werewolves exist in this, like, universe. And then also, there's just a chalice of holy water, like, under this, like, display dome kind of thing that's just always there. <laughs> it's probably like those weird worn people who always have, like, the priests come over and bless things, like, once a week. I can picture Peter Vincent having them keep coming and give them new holy water. Yeah, over and over again. <laughs> Amy saves Charlie from being bit by evil Ed, because Ed had his neck chopped and he can't use his like his vertebrae right he's trying to bite him but can't get him yeah he's even like he does a thing of like I don't mean this to be weird or anything because he's like trying to bite his neck (laughs) but then Charlie stakes Ed and he's dead yeah, Ed's dead. It's a cool, like, effect of... I like how they disappear. So I like when, like, the... It's almost... This part reminds me of Hammer. Of a lot of times, their vampires were turned to ash or something. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's a use of CGI I don't mind. Because, you know, I always yeah. say I want practical effects, but I, I'm realistic, too. I know sometimes CGI is the better call. That there, that makes sense. And it looks good. Yeah. But... Amy and Charlie try to leave. They go through a restaurant into a club. Just I was very excited just for that little touch there. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yep, here we are. We're at this scene now. Where every once in a while the movie does that of like, oh, yeah, um, I recognize this part. And then other parts, it's like, okay, well, we're randomly going to make it where Ed's the Peter Vincent fan, not Charlie. Yes. Well, Jerry's down there, too, and he... Charlie and Amy got separated, and he trances Amy and bites her as Charlie's being kicked out because they think he's underage, which he is, but they picked him out pretty quick. Oh, I love the security guard immediately. is like, you, how did you get in here, child? 
Yep. Charlie goes back for Peter Vincent, and we find out his backstory, which he already covered. Vampires killed his parents. That's why I started this whole thing, because there's a way to deal with it. Tries to convince himself he made it up, all this kind of stuff. And It's a cool backstory. I like it. And just like the original, he's pretty cowardly right here. He won't go with them, and he's like, because I'm trying to live till tomorrow. I'm being realistic. And Charlie has the sad, I don't want to live till tomorrow if you're the kind of man I'm going to be. Yeah. But he doesn't he give him like a special kind of stake. He's like, this special stake will, if you kill the vampire with it, all the other vampires that were made by him will go back to normal. Yeah, it was a stake blessed by St. Michael. And also, um, earlier, uh, I think it's when Ed showed up or something. Did, didn't Peter Vincent grab like a, a nail from the crucifixion or something? Because he's like, crucifixion nail! And Ed's like, oh, that's rare. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, Charlie goes to, I don't know even what kind of store this would be, but gets supplies, like a crossbow, (laughs) a bunch of arrows, a fire-resistant suit, goggles, a whole shebang. Yeah, that um, kind of, that like gel that you rub on yourself, and it like catches on fire, like the stuntmen will do. And I love like the store clerk looks at him he's like like what's going on he's like i'm gonna kill a vampire and i love he's like haha sure you are like don't give a fuck you're buying all this stuff i just made a lot of money yeah i can close for the day we're good yeah <laughs> but he goes to jerry's and he goes in and so smart they never do this in the movies they always go hunting for the vampire right away he starts right. busting out the windows right away i was like thank you finally someone did this yeah, that part I loved. Like like you said, extremely smart. Like, what do they hate? Especially in this movie. It's not like it's just going to hurt them a little bit. No, they, like, die almost immediately. Yeah. But he's searching around, and he goes to the secret room, and Amy's in one of those again. But I guess there's a trap door, because then she's dropped <laughs> down somewhere. Yeah, why is there a Mr. Burns trap door in this thing <laughs> where even like Peter Vincent like shows up and he's like, ah, trap doors. I use these. There's picture Dr. Evil with the trap door buttons and everything. Yeah. Peter Vincent arrives. He had a change of heart and he's showing up with like the coolest shit in the world. He has like a steak gun, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. He has the steak gun, which fires like two and then it like backfires. He's like, ah, damn eBay. So he didn't even make it himself. He bought it. But they go down to this basement lair thing. It's like deep under the house. a dirt floor and everything. And they hear Amy and they walk into the room. But then Jerry throws Peter Vincent out of the room and says, she's all yours and locks Charlie in there with her. Yeah, and you're like, oh, I know what this is. And I do enjoy that they still brought back the Amy vampire monster face. Even though it's done in CGI and doesn't look as good as the original, I'm like, thank you for bringing back that face that everybody knows. Oh, I'd be pissed if they didn't, because that's such a classic shot from the original. And now on the poster, like... Yeah. Jerry's talking to Peter Vincent, giving a villain speech about welcome to Fright Night for real, and talks about how he killed his parents and everything. Well, yeah, it's the great line of like, oh, you grew up. So it's like, oh, he's the same vampire. That's kind of cool. And this was really smart because at first I'm confused because he picks up a pebble and whips it at Peter Vincent's head. And he just kind of tunks, ow. 
a, a pebble? Like one of those moments. I love how he's like, really? That's it? If there's like a tiny trickle of blood and like one little splash hits the ground. And then the monster vampires come out of the ground. The ground and the dirt walls and everything like that. Like, I know some vampire stuff, like when you're fresh, you're like insatiable and like more monstrous and everything. I guess that's what they're playing with here. Yeah, and I've never been a big fan of the just monster vampire. I like the more, a little bit more sophisticated type of like a Bella Lugosi or a Christopher. You like stuffy. I like the stuffiness, yes. (laughs) But Peter Vincent uses a steak gun, takes some down, but then, yeah, like you said, it backfires after like two or three (laughs) shots. Uh, Amy, we talked about, she's a vampire now, and she's about to bite Charlie, but she's staked with the special steak. He missed her heart on purpose, though, so she doesn't die. Yeah, because she's like, you missed. He's like, yes, I know. Like, I don't want to kill you. (laughs) He runs out to save Peter Vincent and shoots the floor above where they are and to let in the sunshine and everything. And so now they basically have a base. There's like four of them on Peter Vincent. And like, once Charlie gets to him, he's like bloody. It's like, you okay? He's like, I've been better. But yeah, it's a kind of a cool thing where they're sitting in the sunbeam. And so all the vampires are like trying to get him, but of course they can't. And then at one point, Peter Vincent starts smoking, and he's like, uh, why am I smoking? Jerry's like, you're turning. Yeah, because he was bit. Uh, by the way, Mark Dave Franco's character is one of the vampires now. Oh yeah, I like that. He shows up. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> Charlie and Peter Vincent, they're staying in their sunbeam, and Amy comes out and starts making out with Jerry right in front of them. I love Peter Vincent. <laughs> oh, that's low, or something like that. Like, oh, that's tough to see. <laughs> and Peter Vincent lights up a joint because he's turning. He might as well go out this way. And Charlie asks for the lighter. He's like, why? What are you doing? He goes, I'm doing your plan. Because earlier Peter Vincent like threw out a line like, you could set him on fire. A vampire on fire is a vampire who doesn't want to be on fire. It's not going to be acting, right? He goes, yeah, but how do I stake him if he's on fire? Ah, good point. Better not do that. But Charlie's like, well, desperate times. And he lights himself on fire because he's wearing that stuff and runs and tackles Jerry. It's so awesome. This part is cool. And what an awesome plan of like, how can I be on fire and attack him at the same time? You live in Vegas. There's all these kind of special effects stuff and whatnot around you. It makes sense. And it's a cool like point of view. Cause you're like inside Charlie's goggles and you, they're like flipping all around. Jerry's going nuts. They're hitting the roof. And you just see, like, chomping at him. Yeah, he's trying to get him. And they roll into the sun, and Peter Vincent throws Charlie the stake, and he gets Jerry in the heart, because the sun's already starting to, like, tear him back a little bit and everything. So you see the exposed heart, like, Suspiria style. So he stabs right into it. Yeah, so there's no missing the heart. Yes. Um, This effect I talked about earlier, I don't... I like when the vampires go monster vampire in movies, like, because it's always the big finale, you know what I mean? Like, when things are going, like, you know shit got real when they're basically dropping every bit of their human form and everything, Yeah, but it's just too much video game-y looking here. 100%. I completely agree. Of they just basically, like, Photoshop Colin Farrell's face on, like, a 3D character. Yeah, and it's oh. it just doesn't look great. I can still appreciate the moment and everything, but like there's that part of my head. I'm like, yeah, it'd look a lot cooler if you didn't do that, though. Yeah. There's also, this movie is playing around with 3D several times of things being thrown at the camera. Oh, uh, was it released 3D? 
it must have been because at one point they're throwing like shirts at the camera or whatever they were throwing at the club. There's all yeah, kinds of right. shirts at the camera. There's a lot of stuff like, oh, right at the camera. It's like, oh, I know what you're doing. I hate 3D. But Jerry dies and the remaining vampires, a bunch are dead because sunlight and stakes and stuff. But the ones who remain all turn human again. But I love how the, I guess they, they have no memory whatsoever of what's going on because they all start looking around like, what the fuck? Yeah, I guess not. But and then I like that they kept the Charlie and Peter Vincent remaining friends story because Charlie and Amy are making out and you realize they're in Peter Vincent's penthouse. Yeah, because they're finally going to do it. And Peter Vincent busts in. He's like, hey, uh, if you're naked, I'm definitely going to look. Uh, uh, I forgot my phone. <laughs> And all is well, and then credits. Yep, and that was the Fright Night remake. Not a, not the worst remake ever. Not the best. Yeah, I quite enjoy it. I I know you're uh, gonna poo poo on it here. I really like it. Well, I did point out the things I enjoyed. I was fair. Man, I even picked a vampire movie. Like I didn't make I you pick the next vampire movie. Yeah, how do you find one of the vampire movies? I'm like, eh, it was all right. Oh, don't worry, I'll, I'll have more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was fun. I The over-reliance on CG bummed me out a little bit, but like you said, it's 2011, I guess. I have to accept this. Yeah, but I'm right there with you. Of Sometimes it looks good, where when, like, Evil Ed turns to Ash, looked pretty good. Yeah. The big yeah, like Jerry too much. Yeah, the explosion running out of the house was the coolest. Like, that was the best. Out. Yeah. Dude, that, I remember, like, watching that, and, like, because it's so out of nowhere. They're just free, and they run up. That was, like, one of those jaw droppers for me. Just like, holy shit! <laughs> Alright, so, on our remake month, we're doing a few questions like this. Brett, do you think they changed too much, not enough, or the right amount? What they changed, I would say they changed too much. But it's not even just the overall... They change weird things that didn't make sense. Like the Peter Vincent thing with Ed and Charlie. Or why is Peter Vincent now all of a sudden a magician? There's nothing else he could have been. Like, he could have been a horror actor or something. Like, I don't know. That's true. Um, yeah, you know what? You're right there. Because, like I said, we were joking about the like horror host thing at the beginning. But, like, my thing is, well, horror hosts weren't really as big in 2011 at all. Like, even most of the ones who are back now weren't really making their comebacks yet. But, like, you could, still could have did something else, like a horror director, horror actor, like you said, or something like that. So, yeah, you're right there. Yeah, it's just so weird. I guess also... Well, it seems like Chris Angel was kind of over by that point, too. I don't know enough on my Chris Angel to Maybe. back that up. I feel like he was still really big then. Okay. But yeah, I, so I would say too much, and that's not all. That's not just all the tone, which I think is weird. How dark they went with it, and like extreme when the first one's kind of funny. I guess it's Tom Holland getting to make both versions almost. Yeah, so he I got to have his cake and eat it too, type deal. Like he got to do both. Yeah, I could see it from his point of view. It's like, well, I already did a really funny version, so I'll do a serious version. That's like Sam Raimi doing Evil Dead 2 and then doing 2013 Evil Dead. So I get it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. I want to say they changed the right amount, but of course not exactly. I think this has been the closest to the right amount we've covered yet this month. Still not exactly or anything, but I think this is the closest we've hit yet. So far, yes, I agree with you. 
And better or worse than the original? Um, way worse doesn't mean that I completely hate this movie, but the original was such a masterpiece. I, I'm in agreement. Yeah, it doesn't touch the original for me. It doesn't mean I had a bad time watching this at all. I've seen this a couple no. times now. I quite enjoy this remake. But no, I just love that original so much, I don't think you could. I'm glad I finally saw it. I've seen like bits and pieces here and there. If this is another one that's on AMC Fear Fest all the time, so that's how I've seen like bits and pieces. So if it came on, it's not going to be a Nightmare on Elm Street remake where I'm like diving for the remote to turn the ch- channel. It's like, oh, okay, I like this movie. I know they made a sequel to this version too, and really? I hear it is absolutely dreadful. Like just one <laughs> of the worst movies. Which really. I really want to watch it now. I've never seen the sequel to this one. I feel like I need to see it. Oh, and you know how much I love bad movies. I want to see it too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, not as good as the original. But yeah. let's get into our normal end of episode stuff, Count of the Dead. Let's get into the Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. All right, the Robin Horror Count of the Dead. So we're tally up all the deaths in the movie. Where do you think we got with Fright Night? Um, huh. Uh, that's off. Is that good? Would the vampires count that, like, got, like... I count vampires when they die as a vampire, not when you become one. Right. Because there, like you said, there's a few like that, and there's a couple sporadic ones. I'm gonna say 12. 12 is a little bit of an undershot. We got 15. Oh, nice. Alright, I will not argue with more death. Correct. Well, it's Greg's Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. Now we're getting into my ratings from Dimension Z. So basically, I'll take something from the movie and I'll rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. Now come up with that thing right now. So I'm going to do where they played around with what Peter Vincent is in this movie. In the original one, he's a horror host. This one, he's a magician. Yeah. So weird. So we're going to do what Peter Vincent could have been. Like, versions of Peter Vincent. It's the multiverse. I like this, okay. And it's like, this is Peter Vincent. He's going to be going up, like, you have to track him down to help you fight the vampires. For some reason, it's destiny. You need this guy. So, a number one version of Peter Vincent, the worst version. It's like this universe where he's on, like, my 600-pound life, and they can't even get out of the house to help you fight the vampires? Oh, he's like an exploited, like, reality star, like, for something terrible? Yeah, it's like where, like, Charlie's trying to cut a hole in the side of the house to get him out. Okay. It's like the whale. It's like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I still haven't seen it. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it. Oh my god. It, it, Is it I good? cannot believe. I cannot believe this one, like, best picture. It's it's insane. Like I got I got to see it. You do. The the opening scene right away, I was just like this deserves the award. <laughs> okay, I'll definitely check it out. Um by number 10 version of Peter Vincent, the best version of Peter Vincent is him as a horror host. Agree. Okay. I'm going to put this right in the middle at 5. I there's some things I completely loved about it. Like we said that um Sunshine Kill, where Charlie goes running out with her and she bursts into, like, flame and screams is cool. There's, like, a few like cool things that they play around with it, but then there's also just a lot of weird stuff. And the tone is off. Yeah, it is a weird tone. I gotcha. 
I do enjoy this a lot more because it doesn't, um, similar to what I said on our Winnie the Pooh episode, that's how a lot of these remakes are. Like the <laughs> Carrie remake doesn't affect how I feel about the original. The Nightmare right. one thankfully doesn't. Like, so I like that we have these two different versions and I quite enjoy it. Not as much as that original, which I gave a 10, but I didn't give seven versions of Peter Vincent out of 10. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Like you say, he's not that horror host, but we'll say he's a famous horror actor, like a B-movie exactly. horror actor who's okay. fought vampires. Yeah, I'm glad I finally got to see Fright Night. Good. And we are almost through Remake Month. Yes. And I cannot wait until my next pick comes up, because I've been waiting to cover this movie for a long time. You have to wait around to to get this one on for a while. Yeah. Oh, they probably saw the video if I wasn't lazy and made one this month. True. (laughs) But unless you have anything else, man. No, that's all I think I got. All right, well, we hope that Fright Night has left your brain throbbing with horror. Brewster! Do you like throbbing with horror? Their early shows were a little too avant-garde for me, but I hear if you follow them on the social media, they do terrific work. You should probably rate them five stars wherever you're listening to them. It makes their show a cut above the rest. Make sure you tune in next week. Wouldn't want to miss another episode, right? (laughs) Hey, Paul!